Logistics. Thanks for having me. Thank you for having me. I'm going to get this. Oh, here we go. I'm just going to get this out on social. Everybody, tune in. Share this out to your friends. Give it a nice like and join us live. This is like... All platforms, right? This It's on all platforms yeah. right now. Yeah, this show like defines... Okay, Justin already got me. Thank you, Justin. You're on my side. Hey, by the way, so F3 is coming up. F3 is coming up November 7th. It's, what, 15 days from now? Not far. Yeah, not long. Right here in Chattanooga, Tennessee. couple days over two weeks. I was just at Comic-Con. There was Comic-Con in Chattanooga. F3. We're going to transform the entire... You can drop that. We're going to transform the entire place. You can drop there. We go. You, we had a transfer from the entire list. My kid got nominated for his uh, for some artwork he did over at his school. Here, take a look. No, not F three. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, R two D two. Oh, look but at that. Let's, let's check out his artwork. This is pretty cool. So we were telling everyone there that he was battle damaged Spider Man, but uh, <laughs> but it turns out mom put his outfit through the wash. How many people came to that? There was a lot of people there, and it sucked to buy online because you had to wait in line, but there was also a spray tan convention going on, so, like, the dichotomy of, like, Comic-Con and a bunch of spray tan bodybuilders was, was really interesting. In Chatter, you know, uh, what was it, Dragon Con, um, what's the big one in Atlanta, Dragon Con? I have not been, is it good? Uh, it's like that, but with tens of thousands of people, it's crazy. Come, oh, uh, Fraser says you're correct. Comic-Con Chattanooga, very sort of small. It's not mm. Comic-Con San Diego. The memes about body odor may be kind of true. Yeah. But there was some cool stuff there. And it wow. wasn't that expensive to go down. I also have some new data for you. I have, some, I have a statistic here. New, new data reels at 5 p.m. is the most dangerous time to drive in Tennessee. Uh, it's good for some of us that get to work from home, I guess, right? I guess so. Yeah, yeah. But Saturday is the worst day. So if you're not there. I don't leave where I, I, I live on a mountain that's just right here inside of Chattanooga. Yeah. And my goal on Saturdays is not to leave. You're an isolationist. I'm an isolationist. I like to be outdoors. You know, all of my, all of my people and all my hobbies, I don't have to leave. Matt, where do you sit on the old gong debate? Well, not being a freight broker, yes. I don't personally have a lot of gong experience, yes. but I can hear it in the other side of the building when it goes off. Well, this is great because I have a couple new solutions for, for you. For example, a gong mania has been going wild on LinkedIn. Steam even brought their mm -hmm. gong here. They ran my head into it. We've talked so much about gongs and everyone's like, well, I want to take part in it. And a few people are trying to democratize it. One is Reed, lost his Reed. He has a new freightgong.com, which is the perfect solution for brokers who can't sell underprivileged brokerages in this market. Maybe they can't afford a gong. They can be kind of expensive. Mm -hmm. Maybe you're just like a horrible salesperson. All you can do is simulate hitting a gong. You'll never have the pleasure of it, but at least you can still enjoy it. Sorry, Bill Burr. So here's the first version of a gong. Tell me what you think. We'll put this up to your mic and I'll let you press it. For those who don't, don't know, you go to freightgong.com. There's a gong right here. All right, push it. Push Tap it. it. Yeah. It wants me to put in my credit card. There you go. All right, so Not that... Bad. Yeah, it's like, it reminds me of like in 2000... Eight, I think it was when the Olympics were going on. They had like a Vuvuzela app. Very simply, you press a button, it made an annoying Vuvuzela noise. It was great. Yeah, I used it a few times. When, I, when these smartphones first came out, you know what one of my first apps was? You could download a big cigarette lighter. Wow. So you push the button and it's a lighter, then you would go to a concert. Oh. And you would hold up your phone, which was the virtual lighter. So kind of same thing. But now it's just kind of the screen has taken the place of that completely. You know, I'm older than you, but back in the 70s, there was a uh, TV, it was called The Gong Show. 
Yes, there was. Remember that? Yeah, there was. It was a, a, a like a game show gong show. Well, if you suck today, I'll gong you off. Let's but, do it. So here's the other option. This is also kind of democratized, not very expensive. Fifteen dollars on Amazon. It's the Feng Shui Brass Gong Desktop Zen Art for Fortune, plus a free red string friendship bracelet, which I'm going to give to you. I can add it to my. You other can one add it to your Peru. collection. Yeah. There you are. Now, now we are friends. And now on this gong, you get your own little gong mallet, your gong thing, and I'll let you ring this one, and you tell me which one you prefer. Okay, ready? One, two. Oh, the real thing, of course. It's hard to replace the real thing. E flat. Yeah, the tone's a little off, but yeah. you know, you, you get the feeling. It's tactile, it. it's responsive, it's beautiful. So your votes for physical. I gotta go physical too. I think Reed's doing a great service for the underprivileged broker out there, but if you really wanna know the power that a man feels and a woman feels when striking the brass of a gong, you have to do it yourself. Looks like it doubles as a lollipop, too. It does double as a lollipop. We got a lot on today. On today's show, it's like variety as hell. We got you on. We're going to talk about what you saw at ATA's event where I think even Sting and Chris Stapleton were playing. Oh, it was incredible. We'll find out from you if sustainability sells. I'm going to ask you a little bit about the broker purge and that new narrative that's been going on. Maybe see what you think about Convoy. We're going to talk to this company called Neverest. They're using Hyperloop technology to clean Mount Everest. Apparently, there's like 240,000 gallons of urine that are peed on glaciers there and they've even got a portable toilet that i want to ask their founder if he thinks it would make sense in trucking as parents don't eat the tell your kids don't eat the yellow don't snow. eat don't eat the yellow snow we got yeah. phil highland he's going to give us uh, the three worst problems that are going on entertainment logistics there's been so many strikes in the industry and one of them i don't think we think about here that often is the sag after strike but that is another segment of logistics mm -hmm. we're going to find out the problems there and apparently there's like some seal manipulation or something going on plus we're going to learn about ai and dot compliance with another company we're going to meet the founder of z trucking can't wait Let's oh, and, do it. and we got Evan Shelley. He's in studio at the end. He's going to come on from Truck Parking Club. We're going to talk about issues in truck parking, people going to the bathroom in truck parking lots, and uh, best orientation excuses. People and I'm your co-host for the whole and day. And you're the co-host, so you're going to enjoy this. Just Thanks hang for on me. and buckle up. we got to tip the band, then we can get into this. Looking for a new adventure? The next step on your career journey with AIT Worldwide Logistics. When you join their growing team, you'll collaborate with expert colleagues around the world to create innovative solutions packed by world-class customer service. If you're ready to push the supply chain envelope, your next adventure is waiting. Visit the career section at AITWorldwide.com to learn more and apply today. But right now, it's Matt McClellan, VP of Sustainability at Covenant Logistics. And Matt, we got to start at Convoy. Big story, maybe the biggest startup failure in a long time, but there's a lot to it. And it's a hard story, I think, for those of us in the industry to cover because we know so many people who have sort of worked at Convoy and we've watched that journey and we got excited about that journey. And um, mm -hmm. To go from 3.8 billion to zero in just a couple days is is wild. And right at the heels of what happened at Yellow. Yes. I mean, there's just there's a lot of this happening. And I, I, I you know, we have a brokerage, Convoy's a brokerage. I guess to some extent we're competitors, but you know we're peers as well. And and I knew a lot of great people over there, and I feel. I feel terrible for him, right? Yeah, I mean, look, their situation is kind of unique. They were um, overfunded. Obviously, mm -hmm. that last raise in 2022 ended up being a noose. Um, I think when you come into this environment, it caused the cast of capital to be so much, caused the board to be so aggressive. But Craig Fuller has been talking a lot recently how it's not just Convoy. Sir, venture funded companies, there are, a lot of them are on watch right now. A lot of them are in trouble. A lot of them are trying to figure out how to make it a 26, 27 and may not be able to get that bridge in time and may not be able to prove their value. But in traditional brokerages, we're seeing a massive change too. Take a look at this data that Kevin Hill from Pass Research put out. He says that growth rates officially turned negative in July of 2023. As of October 1st, 2023, there were 5.6% fewer brokers active and authorized than there were in October of 2022. The broker purge seems to be on. 
How many brokerages, like, there's always this question, you know, among carriers, like, yeah. how many carriers are there? And I hear 100,000, 200,000, you know, all these crazy numbers. And the definition of a carrier is anybody that's got, what, at least one or two trucks? I think just one, right? I yeah, so there's, like, hundreds of thousands of carriers, which is crazy to think about. How many brokerages are there? So here is some wild data from one of Because I know a guy, one of my neighbors, yeah. one guy in his house, he's a brokerage. What's the number? Who keeps count? Well, here, I can tell you the percentage of the... In so listen to this. In 2000, this is from Craig. In 2000, freight brokerage was a cottage industry representing a small percentage of the trucking industry, only 6%. By 2023, it handled more than 20% of all trucking freight. Wow. I don't know the exact number, but yeah. it's a hell of a lot. There's thousands. Hey, if any of you know, can they communicate or chat with us? Yeah, does anyone have the data? Is there any yeah. research department people listening? Someone, If someone has that number, uh, I, I think that uh, you need to know. There was one other, I need to point that out. There's one other sharp drop in that graph. That's when the surety bonds went from 10,000 to 75,000. And that was also a bad freight market that caused a lot of people to wash out. Craig had a great, um, I, you know, he, he posted a long post on LinkedIn the yeah. other day about sort of, Freightweight's coverage of all that. And it was really well written. I have a lot of respect for your boss. He's a friend of mine and a peer and somebody I look up to a lot. And, you know, it's um, he had some great context. And kudos to Freightways for just, pub, you know, reporting on just the data. It's a story on, we know. Like, yeah. I mean, I think if there's any story we know about as well as anything, it would be something like Convoy. We focus on trucking and freight mm -hmm. tech so heavily. Uh, we know Dan, we know Grant. I've interviewed, mm -hmm. I've spent hours with these guys interviewing them. Um, so I'm very familiar. I know a lot of people who've worked at Convoy, Convoy who've moved on from Convoy. I was given uh, one of their Hallstar cards for the second time this year. So, I mean, they, they will be missed. I know some people are, are dancing on the grave. The one thing I'll say on that, though, is you go on LinkedIn and you, you get super negative on these companies. Everyone sees that. Mm -hmm. Just think about that. Everyone, everyone sees that. And if you're out there trying to get your own thing sponsored and stuff like that, you're out there trying to do, you know, just, just being completely negative, that doesn't always go well with the founders who make these decisions. People like a rounded perspective sometimes. Agree, 100%. Also, it just kind of sucks the case. You, you, you know, what's funny is, is a little bit of a subject as parents, teaching yeah. our kids that kind of stuff too. Like, yeah. don't say negative things because remember, you've got, a big, you've got a bigger audience than you think. I mean, and, some, some deserve it. Some deserve it. But like, yeah. what do you think is the bigger story of the year? Yellow? Bankruptcy, convoy shutting down. Uh, well, you know, working for an asset-based company, you know, we have trucks and terminals, and we also have a brokerage. But I think yellow. Yeah. I think yellow. I mean, a lot of really, you know, uh, a lot of really great people have lost their job at both of those. I think I know more people at yellow. And, um, you know, we're starting to get some of their freight. We all are to some extent. God, that was, how many trucks was that? Wasn't it like it was seventeen thousand? I think. Golly, yeah. Something in there. It was, yeah. it was twelve to seventeen thousand. It was it was a significant number of uh, trucks and trailers at that. Yeah. Point. When I was at ATA, there was a you know different little groups of people talking about that. Yeah. Let's talk about that. So you were at ATA. My biggest takeaway from ATA, and I already called it out last week, was they revised the driver shortage numbers finally. Thank you, ATA. You finally reduced the driver shortage numbers. Kind of hard to push that narrative when tender rejects are under four percent. But it also looked like there was a good time there what was it what kind of conversations were going on so you know what's great about ata and again american trucking association yeah. so it's a very carrier centric um very carrier centric event there are my favorite part of those things is there's so much networking that takes place that's unscripted you yeah. bump into people in the hall you bump into people on the show floor um you know you run into people that you just haven't seen probably since the one last year so that's my number one number two is you know the, the show floor Always a great way to see the new technology, you know, being in sustainability, you know, a lot of the different things that are coming out, um, some things from the OEMs. In fact, um, what is that new um, 
the new Packard truck, the 579 that looks so old school. Ooh, you know, sure. it's Would got like the there? big stacks coming up the side. Yeah. and It's the 589. Interesting. And, you know, big chrome air cleaner on the side. That was really interesting. But, you know, so there was that. I, I got to see really interesting. It was a, uh, there's a lot of e-trailers out there now. So I went to a parking lot. I'll tell you about that if you want to know more about it. But a parking lot out eight miles away from, from ATA where I saw a guy that invented an electric trailer hybrid sort of solution. That was really interesting. And then of course, you know, we have great speakers um, and events, but it was, it was a great show this year. We have some pictures from the event. Can we show those? They had stick. Yeah. Uh, What's yeah. going on right here, Matt? Um, so Daimler puts on a big event. For I like you're wearing the high tech redneck vest, by the way. Uh, you know what? I got the vest right here. I, oh, I was nice. wearing it today, but I'm just show my trucker shirt. Um, so Daimler is uh, the company that, you know, most of our trucks are Freightliners. And so they have a big customer event every year. And they always bring in a big artist. And it's really strict. They don't just, you have to be a customer in order to be invited. Sting and Chris Stapleton. Um, but ironically, I'm standing, um, at, you know, standing there getting some food. This guy comes up to me in a, in a white, you know, he's a chef outfit. And I'm looking at this guy. I'm like, he looks familiar. And... I asked him who he was. He's like, I'll give you three guesses. Turns out the guy is Thomas Keller. Michelin three-star restaurant owns the French Laundry. He was there sort of overseeing the food. It was bizarre. I'd read about him in a cigar magazine. Just a, a legend in the food industry. Do you guys have the pictures of Sting and Chris Stapleton? Uh, look at that. Sting looks yeah, better at 73 than, than I do at 53. Look at that. He's just a legend. If there's anybody I could have seen, it would have been him. But I'm 53 years old and... Yeah, well, and then they had Chris Stapleton. Chris Stapleton, not quite as ripped. Wait, who's this guy? Who's single? Who's uh, so he, you know, he is doing all his old stuff from the police, and she came in, and they did a little bit of back and forth. It was great. She's part of his backup band. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, all right, biggest, do we have Stapleton? Stapleton. Come on, guys. There we go. Oh, he was great. <laughs> He's not in sting shape. To have the two of them at one event, I mean, my kids, so the kids love Stapleton. Yeah. Right, and, and the millennials do, and my 18-year-old could not believe it. I FaceTimed him, and yeah. he's like, Dad, that's so wasted on you. <laughs> I must have spent some big money, some big money on this event. Yeah. Up, oh, look, there's Thomas Keller, Michelin three-star chef, famous guy, so approachable, really nice, um, and he was, he was impressed that I recognized him. So I got a question for you. Videos came out yesterday of a Cybertruck shot with a Tommy gun. We got the show, show this Cybertruck driving by with the Tommy gun thing. Well, they say it was a Tommy gun. I don't know the caliber of bullets, but if you look, it's dented to hell on the side of this truck. I think there was 47 bullets on the side of that he thing. He said it was going to be bulletproof. Yeah. He said the glass was supposed to be bulletproof, too, but we all saw what happened there. You know, that can be a marketing term because you go bulletproof, but it doesn't necessarily say to, like, what caliber. Look at that. I know. Hey, you know, if you ever want to shoot a Tommy gun... Yeah, I can help you. There's a buddy of mine who's an FBI agent. They've got one. Okay, so you have a Cybertruck pre-order, don't you? I do. I ordered it in June of 2020, and I am not one of these people that hates Musk or Tesla. I love him. He's sure. a disruptor. I, you have to shut me up because I could talk forever about how impressed I am with what he's done in three different industries, but I can't wait to get my Cybertruck. You can't wait to get your Cybertruck. And I'm hoping that maybe somehow, because I'm in electrification and sustainability, oh. maybe I can get bumped to the top of the list. You're trying to use your stroke and your influence. Maybe you can help me. Do you know him? Have you met maybe him? I will only help you if you let me shoot yours with that Tommy gun. No, no, no. Nobody's getting no. to shoot it. I won't get to shoot it. I would like to park it next to DeLorean and sort of do a yin and yang. Yeah. Stainless steel, silver. Do you think tech's going too far, though? Look at this next video. Look at this next video of this robot dog right here. This is going to break. They're like doing a call at a police house. Look at this robot dog and the drone that's flying oh, with it. Uh, I saw one of those at, at Modex this year. 
Do those concern you? Are those, those, uh, those I can't remember the where um, DHL is about to have one at one of their warehouses as a you know security guard. Are you going to patrol Covenant lots with those things? No. I've start, you're starting to see that though. Like I've seen truckers send me videos of these dogs on the lots now. Look at that thing. You just can't stop watching, can you? Actually, DHL just opened a huge facility. I wrote about it in my newsletter last week. They just opened a, I think it was DHL. Well, they're going to be testing a couple of those. You know, they're just yeah, surveillance. Yeah, they, they have cameras. I think somebody comes on like, hey, get away from there. And it's, you know, I don't think the dogs are going to attack you. My last question for you before we get to some guests. Sure. Does sustainability sell in 2023? Is that moving the needle? Is that helping carriers book loads? Yes and no. Okay. Um, yes, in the sense that it comes up with every RFP yes. that we get associated with. Um, there are requirements that carriers like us have to complete this thing called Ecovatus, which is sort of a kind of a sustainability goodness score that you can get from a company that's based somewhere in Europe. Um, CDP is another one that customers kind of have us log on to and rank and get a score. They all want, they all have sustainability initiatives that they expect their carrier partners to help with. And so um, they know that a load that needs to go 500 miles is not going to get there in an electric truck. So they're starting to ask me, you know, Matt, bring us ideas on things that can be a hybrid, something that can be a bridge to one day when these types of things, solutions are available and where we are today. That's a lot of fun. It's one of my favorite things about the job. You know, good sustainability helps you breathe better. So does changing an air filter. Meanwhile, working on a John Deere 9410R here. Customer said that they have low power over 1400 RPM while they're working the fields or whatever they're doing. Had John Deere come out and John Deere determined that the turbos were pumping oil into the intake and that was causing the issue. So John Deere put two brand new turbos on, $14,000 there. Put a new charge air cooler pipe on, put a new charge air cooler on. So you're about $20,000 in parts just there. Got done putting it all together and still had the issue. So they bring it to us because it's tuned. In about 15 minutes of diagnostics, my guy pulls out the air filter. So we've got a scale here. This is a brand new air filter. The buildup is killing me. 7.9.9 <laughs> 9 ounces. So seven pounds, a little over seven and a half pounds. Okay, but look how much the I'll air put filter this filter out of this we're over 30 pounds, and this is after pounds. we actually tapped it on the ground a few times and dumped some of the dirt out. Of a new one so we're going to put a new air filter on, and $20,000 later, customer's good to go. So this guy spent $20,000 to get his air filter changed. There's a big problem with his, like, John Deere. Yeah. And they switched all the electrical and everything, and, and maybe they should have an air filter first because he, he put all that other stuff on there. <laughs> Costs a lot of money. Remember when you and I were at the Consumer Electronics Show this year? We went to the John Deere booth. I, I wasn't at the consumer line. I was at Manifest. Oh, Manifest. Uh, yeah. Oh, no, no, never mind. Yeah, I wasn't there. Uh, well, you and I were in Vegas. Like that me. was in Vegas. I was in Vegas. Like, it could oh. be anything. Now, you, Phil, you are for, Phil Island right here, entertainment logistics professional, former Steam guy, so you got to bring the gong. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we got to, here you go. Here's yeah. the mallet. I love, love the gong. It's very popular these days. Oh, a Ooh. little tap. Subtle, subtle. Yeah, is, that's like, not really in tune, though, is it? No, it's, it's like an E flat. It's like an E flat. Yeah. Yeah. 
So Phil, tell, introduce yourself to everyone here. What's new in the world of Phil? What is new in the world? I'm Phil Highland. Um, I come from Hollywood Logistics. And, you know, just a little background. In 1988, as a teenager, I was a member of the Screen Actors Guild and then just got to town, fresh off the bus. And then the writer's strike hit, the longest writer's strike in Hollywood history, 153 days. Here we are today with the ongoing SAG strike at 102 days. And it's really just killing Killing entertainment and logistics, entertainment logistics. So this has been like the year of labor action. We had, uh, well, Yellow threatening to strike, which brought them down. You had UPS threatening to strike, which got them a brand new contract. Uh, you've got the UAW. You've got Max striking as part of the UAW. All of those seem to really relate to freight. And then you hear about the SAG after strike. And I don't think most people think of that in the context of freight, but you're here to tell us to think differently. Right. So, you know, it's they're they're vying for a new three-year contract. So it's terrible that it's we're at 100 two days today to just get a three-year contract and then they got to negotiate all over again with the producers you know the, the big streamers netflix hulu amazon wb sony etc so uh it's just put a ground stop on everything you know i see people in atlanta who are union camera operators and lo local 600 They've been out of work all summer, and what you find a lot of times is these folks, their spouses work in the industry too. So I've got a couple friends in the business. They're camera operators, they're DPs, directors of photography. Their spouses are uh, production accountants, so they're both out of work. Some of these folks have just had babies this summer. So I really want to talk about that level of the industry where it's like, it's how it's hitting the people. You know, a lot of people say, oh, who cares about the actors? They're all rich. Well, really, that's just like the small top percentage of the George Clooney's, the De Niro's. But you've got like 86% of SAG actors who make under probably $30,000 a year, which is, you know, it's not sustainable. That's a good point. The framing of that would be like saying, like when a company goes out of business, like who cares? Their top sales guy and their founder made some money. It's like, yeah, but they have like a thousand people who lost their jobs, lost their equity. Think about the caterers. You know, anytime you've been to a music event like Sting, there's always like a taco truck outside and you're so thankful to have these folks out there making you a meal. Those guys are, they haven't done, what have they done all summer? There's some commercial work in LA. Uh, there's some reality TV work, but those guys in transportation, they're not getting the kind of business they got working on these movies with their truck, their food trucks. And, you know, my business has been impacted over the summer as well. You know, no one's, we're not shipping dailies anymore. We're not shipping from Paris to New York to the post houses in LA. Where do these drivers go? Do they go to guys like, like, like Matt at Covenant? Like when there's, there's no work, do they switch into more general freight for their sort of depressing the spot market? That's Teamsters 399. So I, I think a lot of uh, the 399 guys are probably trying to get some commercial work out yeah. in LA. I don't think they're going to drive for Covenant. I think maybe if they've been frugal, they've stowed away some bucks. And uh, But mo most of the carriers that you work with, are they uh, smaller carriers, bigger carriers? I'll reach out to you. for. I'm not trying to sell. No, no. But, but, but I to be, a card. Well, to be <laughs> practical... <laughs> I'll reach out to any of the major carriers to move these the show freight, you know, whether it's props or movie cameras, what have you. Um, no, of course, I'll reach out to any of the. I want. Uh, it's all about carrier relations. I've learned because I've had broken seals happen on some high value shipments lately. Yeah, tell us about that. We were we discussing a little bit earlier. Right. So you know, moving. Um, let's just say Christopher Reeve's original Superman costume for, as an example only. So we'll move that in a dedicated truck for our customers. And what I've found over this summer is we'll put a seal on it 
And then the carrier breaks the seal. Like these carriers are going rogue. And it happened to me twice this summer. And I'm like, okay, is it my fault because I'm not doing enough due diligence to, to vet these guys? Or is it my carrier's fault for putting it up on the boards and getting maybe subpar carriers? But it's just, it, it seems like no one cares anymore. Like just even recently, it seems like you could buy a dedicated 53-footer and just have faith, complete trust that they wouldn't break the seal, that the carrier would go to A to B, deliver it to the, let's say, the Today Show, and no problems. But, man, I've just had a lot of problems this summer. I don't know what's going on out there. Maybe you guys know. So I think it's I think it's just that labor activity and uh, it's been it's been just a tough challenging market. You mentioned some problems that have gone on with like trailer sharing and things like that. What, what's happening there? So we get I, I, I've gotten co-loaded. I just did a big uh, expo in Atlanta for you know cinematography equipment and motion picture lighting equipment, and you know had some dedicated loads go back west and then somewhere in between Atlanta and Vegas. They co-load my client's gear with like palletized water, so it's a bad look when when you do the offload. Your customer's like, ah, why do I have palletized water with my camera equipment? And it's your credibility goes down. You know you're not going to use the carrier anymore. You know then your your uh, brokerage, you know, three PL tells you we're going to blacklist them, but the damage is already done. You know, it's kind of like your my credibility suffers. Did I tell so. you had a card. Yeah, give me that card. <laughs> <laughs> I got to the point. I was so frustrated. I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to drive it myself. I, it, it happened twice, and I'm just like, I'm clo- I was doing a job up in Knox, so I'm like, I might as well just go grab the load somehow. I don't have my CDL. That be <laughs> you on your side, Matt. The uh, the, the co loading. Um. You know, a lot of our stuff is dedicated, yeah. you know, so that's probably more of a function of LTL stuff than yeah. it is for us. So, no, we, I mean, we have other problems, but not with that. Theft has been on the uprise. Oh, yeah, you, you know. mentioned something about SEALs. What's going on with those? Okay, so, you know, prime example, moving, you know, a, a high-value high costume, get it picked up at the Today Show, and then you know it's going to go back to L.A. Yeah. Don't stop. Don't touch. You know, just get to L.A. Somewhere in between New York City and L.A., Homeboy breaks the seal, and then puts on a, another seal, and then when we receive it in Hollywood, my guys are like, "Dude, what is this? It's not even the same seal. Sometimes it's not even the same trailer." And so again, it just—it's a bad, bad look. And I'm—I'm I'm just curious, like, what's going on? I've got one question. So, a, a drive van, fifty-three foot. There's a lot of space in there. Oh I don't yeah. Know, like sometimes there's probably a lot of stuff you're moving, and sometimes there's the Superman outfit. Yeah. Could, yeah. Do you Batman ever just right yeah. like because of the value of the load and the significance of the load? I'm only going to put you know, a box in an Ooh, entire trailer it. and move it just because the customer's willing to pay for that. In order oh yeah. hundred percent. It's like John Bonamassa buying a seat for his guitar or Yo-Yo Ma buying a seat on the airplane for his cello. You know, it's that kind of <laughs> wow. freight where you're just like, I'm just going to put one freight, one, one case on this 53 foot dry van and lock it up and seal it and send it back to Hollywood. And the breaches are bad. Do you hear about the vodka getting stolen up in Nashville off of the rail yard? No. no, but I, I I did read the thing about a Pappy Van Winkle heist. Oh yeah, okay. yeah. well it's similar, similar but it's yeah. it's vodka. But that's the stuff. And you're talking about Tommy guns. I feel like we're back in like the wild wild west, like Bonnie and Clyde. We're getting there, man. We're getting there. <laughs> Fend for yourself out here. So Phil, people who want to reach you, they want to reach out, they want to talk some entertainment logistics. Where do I send them to? Just yeah, you know, LinkedIn or uh, PhilHighland.com. Come on, or Instagram, Phil Highland. Check it out here. Ring yourself off, buddy. All right, thank there you. There you go.
Great. Great to be with you guys. Thank hey, you for stopping by. I'm going to follow you on Instagram right now. Do follow on Instagram. I got to do an ad read and then we get another guest to get to. Take care, buddy. Bye, Did you know that AIT Worldwide Logistics has been recognized as a top performer by Cranes, Forbes, Inbound Logistics, Transport Topics, and yes, even FreightWaves? They're on our Freight Tech 100 list. Boost your job satisfaction, regain a sense of purpose, and open your career opportunities. One of the fastest growing organizations in, in, in industry. Visit the career section at AITWorldwide.com to learn more today. All right, elsewhere. Oh, look at this. You go hang like all the time. This video has resurfaced all over Twitter. So I'm going to tell you what's going on here. But I want you to look at it first because oh, this is one of the craziest videos I think I've ever seen in my life. So these guys are getting prepared to jump out of a plane and they hit another plane. Like, good thing the guy was already ready to jump, right? Oh, I've seen that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you seen that? This is like has been all over Twitter again. It was all over this weekend. People are going insane about it. It's not a new video, though. This actually video is from 10 years ago. Um, it's showing the moment a couple passengers hit. And fortunately, everybody in that incident landed safely. They, they either parachuted or landed their plane just fine. You know, I watched one a few days ago. This guy jumps out in his bathing suit like, yeah. a, bro, like a skydiving bro. No parachute, nothing. And, you know, and he's filming and everything. And these two guys come on either side of him with their parachutes and they latch onto him and pull the chute. But can you imagine? Matt, you are an adventurer. You ever go up Mount Everest? Uh, I've wanted to hike to base camp. I yeah. have no, I'm too old to take those kind of risks anymore. I love my wife. I love my child. Yes. I would love to go to base camp. Um, let's go. Well, good thing you have waited because it's about yeah. to get more sustainable if the Never Rest Project has their way. We have their CEO and founder here net right now. It's Frederick Kaufman. Frederick, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hello from Barcelona. How are you? Oh, hi. How are things in Barcelona? <laughs> What's it like out there right now? Uh, today, nice day. Uh, a little bit windy, but great, great, great. Be better, be better than than last week in in Kathmandu. Less less cars, less cars. <laughs> oh, wow, he, you're you are a world traveling uh, man. The, the, it was so interesting. So I got I got sort of like I caught wind of what you guys were doing, and the interesting thing to me was that you were working with Hyperloop. I've covered Hyperloop before, and I'm like, how is Hyperloop cleaning up Neverest? What's going on on Neverest? Why do we need sustainable base camps? So tell us, what is the Neverest project? Okay. Um, well, first of all, thanks to give us uh, this time on your on your on your podcast. Uh, really appreciate. Uh, for us, if uh, someone asked me three years ago that uh, maybe I was on on podcast in the United States, uh, it was probably a dream. Um, so we start we start this project um, four years ago, and we launched it uh, to the media uh, near one year, <clears throat> more or less, last December. So, um, in this in this uh, in this journey, we we meet uh, Hyperloop TT um, to help us to to define and to see the best way to to face this this challenge. No, because we are facing the highest the highest challenge in the world, cleaning the Mount Everest. Oh wow! So. First of all, like what what is the pro like we know Mount Everest is very congested, right? Like I looked I like watch YouTube videos on these things and like expeditions gone wrong and you hear about like the lines can be so long sometimes people like freeze to death. They must bring a lot of stuff and a lot of gear and a lot of food and a lot of junk and a lot of waste with them. So what is going on at the base camp that you need a sustainable one? Well, there, there's also empty, the there's empty air, uh, oxygen oh, yeah. bottles. Um, in fact, the mountain itself is covered with everything from from bodies to shoes to water to bottles to human things. Uh, absolutely, the, the, the problem is 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 very huge, and and every year uh, the tourism is increasing and increasing, 
and to control all this tourism is every time more more difficult for local communities and for governments to manage all this. No, uh, this problem I think is not only in Nepal. I think we have this problem around the world. But that, that the biggest mountain in the world, uh, we know everyone this mountain. And uh, to give you some data, um, there's more than four thousand liters of uh, of uh, pee of human human pee on, on the base camp of urine. Uh, you have more than two, uh, 12, uh, 12 tons of uh, solid waste, human waste, uh, in, in 5,000 meters altitude. Um, and to manage all, the, uh, all, this, all, all this, uh, this waste and this impact is, is every time uh, is very difficult, very, very difficult. That's why we improved this, this project uh, these two years ago. So I've got a question for you, and, and what you're doing is great. It resonates with me. I'm a big outdoors guy, yeah. as, 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 as Tim would tell you. Um, I climb mountains and hang glide and do all kinds of crazy things. What, what sparked your passion for this? Have you climbed Everest? Have you been to base camp? Did you, did you see it firsthand for yourself? Like what, was the, what, was, what was the aha moment that made you undertake this? Um, this this story started in 2003. I have a friend. I have a friend. He he went to Choyu. Choyu is a, a mountain near Everest, uh, 8,200 meters without oxygen. And when I asked him uh, why he needed the Choyu and not the Everest, not because I think the name is more 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 catchy, no? more more interesting, or maybe for me is it was more more interesting because Choyu, I I never heard about this. Uh, that's the moment that he told me. Uh, that he he preferred to go in other mountains because the impact over there uh, was was uh, was crazy and and this is the moment that I knew that you have bodies on the mountain no? and I I was shocked about this and this is something that we always talk about this and in 2017 I I say to him okay let's let's try to do something no this is a a project that he was born from my indignation as human. Um, and we start to find solutions and to see the way to face uh, this kind of problems on mountain. I love mountains. I'm not a mountaineer. I'm not a, a thunders. I, I love ski and that's all. But I think we are all impacted always when we talk about waste on mountains. So you know, I, I saw I saw this stat and it was it was in your uh, your release that it was that 240,000 liters of urine are put on glaciers in Mount Everest, run off into glaciers and all this stuff. And you know who climbs their own personal Mount Everest every day is truck drivers. They have to urinate in some interesting places. And you guys were inventing this sort of portable urinal. And it, it caught my attention because I'm like, this could work on Everest, but maybe it could also work in a truck. Tell us about the portable urinal. How does that work? What does it do? Um, this is this is uh, a, an interesting point, and and when you ask me regarding uh, Hyperloop, uh, that's the way that we start to manage this kind of project and to find the talent and and trying to make innovation. This this product that you are showing right now on the on the screen, this is the portable urinal. This is something very very light. Uh, you you put the, your urine inside. And you have a filter with uh, actives and, and nanotechnology that can filter your, your urine and convert it in 100% in water in 20 minutes. More. So you can, you can put your urine directly on the floor, but you are, you are, you are putting water and not urine. Ooh, you remember Kevin Costner in Waterworld? Yeah, in Waterworld, he could drink his own urine on the... Bu Did you get your inspiration from that, the uh, opening of Waterworld? Uh, scientists? <laughs> I can't believe I remember Yeah, scientists that. say... <laughs> 
<laughs> Scientists say that, yes, we can drink it, but I prefer to put it on the floor in this state. <laughs> so yes. one of the things I love about what you're doing and being in sustainability, you know, um, I always say it begins with us, right? Yeah. If you look at the Great Pacific Garbage Patch, uh, uh, plastic water bottles and trash the size of Texas mm. floating around way off the coast of Hawaii. Um, some of these ocean cleanup YouTube video, I mean, uh, uh, LinkedIn videos, I get a kick out of watching. I mean, we're, we're terrible people in a lot of ways. I mean, not me and you, but, no. you know, people that litter. Um, <laughs> yeah, so the, so congratulations on what you're doing. I'm, I'm a, I, one last question is um, your funding. I mean, is everything through maybe the sale of this device, or do you have people that have donated to your cause? Tell oh, me a little bit yeah. about how that works, because I'm sure this is not cheap. Uh, uh, exactly. Uh, this is this is one of the biggest challenges as well, no? to define the way to manage all this problem, uh, because, of course, um, nobody knows uh, how much we need to clean this. Uh, and not only Everest, as I said before. No? So now in this in this starting point, we are managing funding with private companies and local companies in Nepal, because we need to work with the local knowledge as well. And in this point, uh, we are over there. Of course, we have a, a business plan uh, to implement and to manage the relation uh, and to generate uh, a new economy uh, to revert and to regenerate uh, the, the, the tourism on the country. Any plans to put a hyperloop from uh, like downtown Nepal to the base of um, to the base <laughs> of the mountain? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so right now. But yes, we can put innovation. And that's why this link with, with, uh, um, with, with Hyperloop, it's interesting because why not in terms of logistical, for example, not people, Sherpas are moving, are moving the trash and moving the tents and everything uh, in a manual way. This is not a nice job not to move uh, the trash. And why not to use uh, innovation, for example, drones? No? Uh, drones, we can manage uh, logistical uh, ways to move all this. Or why not we cannot implement uh, a spacex suit uh, to, clean, to clean the mountain? No? Because we are more near than the moon than the earth, no? because we, we don't have too much oxygen and, and everything is difficult over there. No? Or using uh, this kind of dogs, robotic dogs, to go in places where humans is difficult to 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 access no in this kind of crevasse no so so innovation i think is is key and uh, and i absolutely uh, convinced that i don't know the train but probably innovation another kind of innovation we can we can put it on I already got one. Robot sled dogs. They would kill. You know, so, some of these older buildings here in Chattanooga have those old tube systems where yeah. you like put the tube in, you hit the button, and it goes up to the fourth floor. Yeah. And, you know, that's like a hyperloop. It's like many hyperloops. That's like a baby hyperloop. Baby hyperloop. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Loop. So people want to support the Neverest Project. They want to learn more about this exciting initiative. Where do I send them to? Um, you can go through the, the our website, theneverestproject.org. And uh, you can find all the information on social media as well. And, of course, everyone is invited to come with us and for you as well. If you're going to come to the base camp to, to see this beautiful place, you are welcome. Sign me up. Hey, yeah. are you on Instagram? I just followed Phil Highland. I want to follow you too. Yes, we are, we are in, in Instagram. Um, you can go exactly to the Neverest Project. If you go inside, you can find it. Uh, in Instagram, we are as well in, in Twitter, or I don't know if the name is Twitter right now or is another name. X. And, uh, and exactly, X. <laughs> and, cool. uh, and you can find all, all the information uh, here. Frederick, thank you so much, man. I appreciate your time today. Thank you very much. 
So we were we were talking about going to the top of a mountain, but how about the movie Over the Top? Did you happen to see? Play this clip. Did you happen to see uh, Tyson? And we began <laughs> Bears Tyson Baggett. He came in for Justin Fields. His dad to was at the game. If I could take down a 28-time world champion, what do you think? No doubt. And I honestly expected you guys to do this on Monday. I can't believe what took you guys so long. <laughs> and I've had this little set, I love this set up for you since Monday. And if you can come over here, I can give you a little demonstration. Right, let's, let's find oh. out here. I, I know very little oh, about arm wrestling. I know Brian's going to hold the mic don't here. Don't do it. Don't do it. Inner Lincoln Hawk. I mean, would this be the referee spot right here? Can Ed just be the referee? We need a table like this at F3, do we not? Ever done it's this coming before. up. We got 15 days to do no. it. Perfect. Do you think? Do you think you can win? I can actually keep this. Maybe you want to get arm wrestler. Perfect. So wow. Yeah. Look at these two guys arm squared up. It's I'm feeling bad for the reporter. If your hand hits that pad, you are the great. You are the baddest dude in the history of the NFL Network. What usually happens is I win. What's best for you is don't fight it. Right? Everybody's good at something, and this is what I do. He needs a job. Go. Nice. That's great. Relax there, young man. I thought for sure you'd be a lot stronger. I'll take it from here. Listen, the rest of these people, they've been calling me Travis. You can call me daddy, young man. Yes, sir. Thanks a lot to the right, We got to get uh, Craig and Bob Costello to square up at F3. Oh, I would watch that. <laughs> I would watch that, too. <laughs> we need to settle all these feuds with two forearms. And a podium. Hey, go Bears. A lot of you Chicago guys out there are our biggest listening group, so little... The only problem with this it needs to be a little weight. It's not yeah. that it needs to be sturdier. Yeah, that's the problem. When you when you're as powerful as I am, you just knock it right over. Hey, we're gonna find out about AI and DOT compliance right now from Estefan. Is it Estefanos? Estefanos? Is it is it the double name? It's Estefanos. Yeah. Oh wow. Or double. E or ST Estefanos. I'm cool with it. That's your first and last name, though. Is Estefanos Estefanos? Well, I'm in the process of changing my last name to Estefanos. I love my, my first name so much. I'm changing my last name a little bit. For now, that's, that's what it's going to be. So I'll tell you a true story. So when, we, when I first got into Freightways, when, whenever you become an employee here, you have to like fill out this little document, and you put your nickname in there. So I put Dooner as my nickname because that's what everyone calls me, and my last name is Dooners. But then when it sent out to the entire company, it said, Welcome, Dooner, Dooner, to the company. And then they're, they're old-timers here who still give me grief about that, Estefanos. But you are the, you're the founder of Z Trucking. People who don't know, what? What is Z-Trucking? See, Z-Trucking is an AI-powered carrier management software. Uh, we basically help trucking businesses stay uh, safety and, you know, uh, compliance with the government. As, also, we can help them streamline their day-to-day uh, -day activity, whether it's uh, driver settlement, you know, record, record keeping and that kind of stuff. So we, we're basically all-in-one solution uh, that, that every trucking business have to kind of, you know, use. Cool. How, how does it work? You say it's AI powered. So we basically use, so there's a lot of automation. We use a lot of AI tools, uh, AI libraries to basically help us, uh, help our, our, our carriers or our clients. So for example, I'll give you a couple of examples when it comes to AI, um, um, you know, document, document compliance. So we, we use, uh, you know, Google, Google AI uh, machine language basically to go over miscellaneous documents and uh, you know, try to figure out that they need to keep if there's any missing documents or they're uploading some kind of document that they need to be on system. We basically kind of utilize all those tools to um, help our carriers to kind of uh, stay in compliance with the government. Would this be helpful to someone like you, Matt? It, what, what, what is the ideal fleet size that would that that you would target? So. 
Um, you know, you know, in this industry, it's kind of complicated, a complex industry. It's it's highly regulated industry, and it's a very competitive industry as well. And a lot of carriers they focus on on the competitive part of it. You know, trying to find the next load, trying to move. Stefano's hold on one second. Matt knows. Matt works for Covenant. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. That's cool. That's Remember, I'm a trucker. Yeah, he's their sustainability <laughs> director at Covenant. He's their VP of sustainability. So we're we're very familiar. You don't have to explain yeah. what carriers are. All right, so that that even makes it easier for me to explain. So a lot of these companies, a lot of these small carriers, they just go after the next load. They completely overlook the essential part, the most daily part of that 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 industry, which is staying in safety and in compliance with with the government. Right? You probably have that data. Uh, you know, that's like the safety score is like number one cause for for a lot of uh, carriers to go out of business. Not just that, you know, not the government shut shut their company down, but they're you know they're when their safety score is high, their relationship with the brokers goes down, their insurance goes up, you know, there's going to be some strain with their drivers. So they're basically pushed out, out of this industry. So and safety and compliance is like one of those areas which is, you know, highly significantly can be automated. So we took that path, safety first. We take, uh, you know, mark, we run mark audit, mark FMCC audit on these carriers every day, every 24 hours. And the rest of it is like they can take care of, uh, you know, the next load, whatever that may be. But our idea is we basically run their safety, uh, you know, safety uh, compliance artists every day. So whether they're the missing documents, whether they're uh, drivers um, haven't done their, you know, uh, pre-employment uh, drive test or random drive test, whether they don't have preventive maintenance schedule in place or have they done their uh, background check on the on the driver. So whatever that, that you know, safety and compliance uh, are put on by SMCSA, we basically run that um, that logic to do, you know, run down kind of uh, mark SMCSA audits on, on those carriers. Matt, so I had Ryan Schreiber on here last week. He's at Technovations, and he said AI was the flavor of the month. Nobody would stop talking about AI. Was that the same case at MCE, ATE? It was everywhere. Everywhere? Yeah, yeah, everywhere. I mean, and it's sometimes I'm not even sure what the application is. I mean, what you yeah. explained makes sense. You know, AI and tire pressure monitoring. like Those were the big things? Yeah, I mean, it was just weird things like that sometimes. So I get, What about venture-backed fuel cards? Uh, <laughs> that's going to be a tough one. <laughs> There's way too many of those. That's going to be a tough one. So, Estefanos, what's next for you guys? Is Are you guys raising funding? What's the funding environment like? We obviously had a big convoy story. Uh, sometimes you can raise too much money. What are you guys doing? Well, we are we are, we are in the process in the middle of, uh, midst of uh, raising capital through crowdfunding. Uh, we raised about 70K. It's going to close in, in, in about uh, at the end of this month. We have, you know, we have got some attention uh, through some, you know, VCs from some angel investors. So we're probably going to uh, close the... Uh, you know, the public uh, crowdfunding round and kind of focus on, on the big check at this point. But uh, for anyone who's interested in, uh, for the public uh, who's interested in uh, investing, we're still open until until at the end of this October. Very That's cool. About a week, I guess. People who need more information on the company, maybe they want to invest in you. There's some, there, I think, actually, a lot of people think that only truckers listen to the show. That's completely wrong. Our number one audience is CEOs and founders on the show. That's our number one demographic, CEOs and founders on this. And then it's uh, brokers and truckers are second. And then, like, tech people are, like, fourth. But it's uh, students and stuff like that. It's, My uh, mom's watching. We're, she doesn't fall in any of those categories. It's just called, Remember well, she was I on the show the It's just a pun. Instead of, the, you know, the F word. Yeah. That's what I try to tell people. That's why my mom watches. That's, it's I know. Nice she, likes, she was here one time. She likes um, vulgar puns. Yeah. Yes. Well, wholesome vulgar puns like that. But where do they find Z-trucking? <laughs> 
A um, couple of us, uh, they go, I have ztracking.com, that's our, 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 web, our web page, but we're on WeFunder as well. If anybody want to invest, that would be WeFunder slash ztracking. Uh, again, that's going to be only about a week, but if there's, you know, uh, we're, we're going to be open for big check. I mean, the idea of that crowdfunding was to pretty much get involved like a lot of tracking businesses so they can be, uh, you know, invest, also be a customer. Um, so that needs a lot of marketing. So we just want to go to, uh, you know, directly uh, with, with, with big check, I guess, at, at the end of this month. But uh, you know, cool. we, we thunder, we thunder uh, slightly tracking or ztracking.com is where, where you can find us. Very, very cool. A little, a little gone for you, Estefanos. Thank you so much for joining us today. We appreciate your time. Take care, Thank sir. You. I appreciate you guys. Just set up a, a GoFundMe page to go visit Everest Space Camp. That would be awesome. Let's like, do it. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of places. And I also want to go up to Canada to see like Chase's truck. Maybe I'll send him a GoFundMe. Let's do it. Too. Yeah, we should just go fund all this stuff. Who wants to crowdfund me to go, uh, me and Matt to go someplace? Is that inappropriate to use your platform to go? Yeah. Well, no, we've been most people know the what show. they're doing, right? Yeah, One dollar from everybody. All right, let's rate the strap work. Let's take a look at this right here. This is the wildest video I think I may have seen this year. So what you're looking at here is a 24-year-old woman named Elizabeth Frazier, very well-dressed, wearing like a tuxedo, not wearing the jacket. <laughs> Elizabeth Frazier, she's a, in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Is that an Amazon van? That is an Amazon van. The driver left the door open to go deliver something. She jumped inside the van, and she is now stealing the van and trying to make a getaway. However, it doesn't really go as planned. She ended up crashing into a property, as you can see. She's driving like my kids playing Mario Kart, like way over, and she just went out the door. She just fell out the doors, rolled out the street. And keep your eye on the left there, because you're going to see her walking away, going down the street, because she didn't get that hurt by all this. I wonder if that was an electric van. I wonder if it was an electric van. You ever been tempted? You ever have that uh, impulsive thought? I know Evan has. Evan, get over here, man. Come on over here. Just watching an Amazon driver fall out of the, uh, fall out of the door. You sit. What? Not yesterday when you. I guess that was yesterday, right? I think so. Yeah. What? What did you? What did wild. you make of it? That was wild. You ever have something like that happen to you? Have I ever done that? Yeah. Uh, only like twice. Yeah. I but stole I got, a golf cart in college. Well, I kind of like didn't steal it. Well, I guess I, I moved it. I, I did that a couple times in high school. Actually. Yeah, not with the intent of like keeping it. That would be stealing. I just moved it. I just drove it around the golf course and then left it out there somewhere. Yeah. Well, my friend Wong crashed it into a tree. Ooh. I was no longer in it at that point. <laughs> so that was good. They already know about that. That's nothing new. What's up? You just, he just moved to Chattanooga, by the way. Evan right. Shelley, truckparkingclub.com. Yeah. CEO and founder. Yeah, Co-founder. Did you bring a hat for us? I actually didn't in the past. Not today. Yeah. Not today. I'm almost out. I need to get some more reload. Is yeah, but uh, stuff you always are dropping here too. I've got some in my bag over there. I don't have any on me. I should have brought some up here, I guess. Huh? So he moves to Chattanooga, but then you're never in town. I always see you on social media. Like, where where have you I, been? Where I've you been going? in town like 24 hours. Yeah. Uh, total. Where'd so, you move from? Uh, Miami, Miami, Fantastic. Florida. Yeah, yeah. But um, I know there's a lot of good companies like Covenant um, in the Chattanooga area. So I I think it's a great fit for our company, uh, especially anything freight tech involved. Um, well, as you know, Matt here is from Covenant, right? Yeah. Matt, yeah. how does Covenant deal with the truck parking problem? So, you know, we have relationships with Travel Center for America and Loves and, and yeah. Pilot. And so, you know, that's actually where we're spending most of the time. Um, you know, when I did my ride along, we did stay in a parking lot outside of a Kohl's. Yeah. Um, right next to a Starbucks, which was nice the next awesome. morning. Yeah. You know, it's amazing how scrappy you get. Um, yeah. It's a problem. Right. It's definitely a problem. I can't wait to hear about 
what solution you're throwing at it. Yeah, how are you solving it right now? Where are you? You haven't been on a little bit, and you've been really busy since then. Yeah, so um, we have a, an app and a website called truckparkingclub.com where we have 172 properties where we help truckers find truck parking, and we help property owners and business owners that have extra space monetize that extra space by putting their location on our app. Let's talk about poop for a second. Let's talk about lot standards. Let's talk about responsibility because this this has come up. This is a big topic. Uh, what? There are a lot of truck drivers. There are a lot of truck drivers who, when you put out the truck driving problem, there's a there's a huge side of trucking drivers who go, we did this to ourselves, self inflicted. We leave trash everywhere. We leave poop everywhere. We leave pee bottles everywhere. That's why no one wants our lots, and until we get better, no one's going to change that for us. And uh, someone put on LinkedIn. They said, Carrier Partners, good morning at their Dalton facility. One of his guys was walking around, and he stepped in some. Poop poo that some driver left. You can smell the urine. Uh, there's feces everywhere. There's junk everywhere. And they say, hey, we got cameras here. And the next time we catch you, he said, I'm not calling anyone out now. We've got cameras. We know who did it. You do it again. Your entire carrier group is losing our business. Yeah. So, you know, I hear that a lot, especially on social media. We're very active on social. And, and it's like, oh, yeah, it's a good idea until, you know, you have a trucker come trash your place and, and you know, uh, do, you know, urinate on, on your building or whatever. And um, Well, Hunter you know, cleans all that up at your lots, right? Well, yeah, yeah. of course. It's, yeah. You know, it's just a, it's a part-time job for him. So, um, but actually... Uh, over thousands of bookings um, across all across the U.S., uh, we've never had one complaint for trash or one complaint for, you know, not using the, the facilities. Um, so I think a lot of that is defined around uh, some some stereotypes. I understand it happens, but also we've created the culture of it's a sharing economy, right? You're like in a lot of our locations, you're using. Uh, a tow truck company or a warehouse um, or um, um, a truck repair shop that is doing business there and there's a sense of respect. And we've had, you know, when I first started this company, I would have thought we would have had more complaints and we've had zero to date, zero. So, I mean, I just look at what, what's going on with our, our company and it doesn't happen nearly as often as I, I would have suspected based on what you hear on social media. Do you guys ever have to like reprimand driver behavior for stuff like that? Um, you know, if, if we do, we don't. I, I, yeah. I don't hear about it. But I can tell you that um, I've done a few ride-alongs, and I would always test every time I got to our drop-off location. I would ask the shipper and receiving clerk, "Can I use your restroom?" Sometimes I didn't have to. I just wanted to see what they were yeah. would say. Um, out of the five times in one day that I did it, three people said um, yes. One said no. The other one said, well, there's a porta john out behind the building. Uh -huh. And so it's a, it's a thing. It's a real thing. And our drivers are, you know, are, are human beings just like the rest of us. And so somewhere out there, there's a solution. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I'm not sure I know exactly what it is. but It seems like some of these facilities are getting at wit's end. Like John's here. He said that they have bathrooms. They have bathrooms that are open 24-7. They have trash cans inside and out the building. They even have a dumpster that isn't locked they can use, as well as truck stops nearby. Wes Harmon also posted that another place said, as of Monday 18th, you got to check in, check in your spot. If you dump anything, you're, it will not be tolerated. You will immediately be removed from the premises, and your carrier will be removed for our business. So a lot of companies are striking back. They're, they're, thing, they're sick of this. One thing I've never understood, you know, I've talked about this before. You know, I'm a Sprinter van. I'm a van life guy. Yeah. So I have 138, no, 56 square feet of space inside my van. Um, I, I, I carry a cassette toilet. 
Oh, yeah? Yeah. I mean, when I'm spending a night going out to Jackson Hole or something to see our friend Jet, you know, I'll, I'll just keep it in the van. I'll keep it there for three or four days. And when it's ready to be emptied, I empty it. But um, it's, it's an $89 solution. Um, it's not always fun to be carrying that around, no. but it is what it is. You got to do what you got to do. You don't bring it into the restaurant with you? No. No. Do you no. check it on the flight? Well, it's a van. It's not a flight. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's sorry. <laughs> I was like, well, if you had to fly around with them, would you check that? Other yeah, flight? no, I would not. No, you wouldn't yeah. check that on a flight. Yeah, for 89 bucks, I'll just buy a new one. Now, there was a great topic put up on, on LinkedIn and by Brad Hackett, and he said, hit me with your best. I couldn't make orientation because excuse you've received recently. His best one was too far for me to drive today. All well, the driver already picked up the rental car and is less than 100 miles away from the orientation coming to onboard as an OTR truck driver. Oh, wow. That's wow. <laughs> Maybe not a good candidate. Do you guys yeah. got any orientation stories? You ever have anyone bailing you? You don't really get that dialogue, do you? Because you're in sustainability. Yes, right. I, I don't. I should, but I don't. You're right. What would your excuse be, Shelly? Um, traffic's bad. Traffic's real bad. Can't make it. They're not as good as these. Mike still says, I had a driver swallow a razor blade that he forgot that he placed in his cup of water while in his hotel room. Ooh. Three days in the hospital and then headed home, never to be heard from again. Ooh. I mean, that's a decent excuse. I, I, I think it's hard to believe, but... But like, how would you make that up, right? Like, is sometimes, <laughs> is, th is that a believable excuse? How do you not know the razor's in your mouth? That's what I want to know, like when you're drinking. Uh, it depends on the size of the razor blade, I guess. Fellow Chattanooga and Charles Grace said, best I had was my mom was eaten up by ants, so uh, we had to tend her and it needed a few weeks. See, that's somebody that goes the distance. That's a good one. Yeah. That's yeah. a good one. Is, is, is that a valid excuse, mom, for a trucking orientation? Depends on how old the driver if is. <laughs> Depends on how old the driver is. Are we doing it with these 21-year-old drivers or 51-year-old drivers? I think if it's your mom, it, it works. But if it's your cousin, you still got to show up. You know? Yeah. My buddy Septi Mola, who was with uh, Yellow before they went under, he said, oh, man, you won't believe this hilarious story from my time at Sierra England. So there was this one time when we had a driver staying at our hotel for a whopping two weeks without anyone realizing it. We were all under the impression that he was a no-call, no-show. Eventually, we caught onto the charges, gave the hotel a call, and they dropped the bomb on us. He had been chilling there for an entire two weeks. Needless to say, he ended up hitting the road for us. Classic, right? That's great. Hey, I think that's that's pretty smart. What is he like, thinking though? Like, what are you thinking, staying in the hotel room, not going in? I'm gonna chill here for two weeks until I get caught. I mean, why not? Chris Gonzalez has one that's probably gonna eliminate you immediately. He said, "Driver called collect from county jail. You are receiving a collect call from an inmate uh, to tell us that he couldn't make it because he was just arrested for murder. Was nice of him to call us collect with that info though." Can you still call collect? Is that still a thing? In the prison? Well, in prison, don't you have to? It's like you're, you're receiving a call from an inmate. This call will be recorded. I don't have a lot of experience with you don't, that. You don't on have either, a lot of on inmate pen pals? Yeah, on the receiving or the, yeah. I live the All my friends are locked up, so like, yeah, yeah except for you. Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> now that you moved to town. Jerry King said, we had a driver who said he couldn't remember where the onboarding was. It was in the only meeting room in the hotel he was staying in, and we were paying for the hotel. See, that's another smart guy. He's just using the card to... Just a nice hotel, hotel stay? For, I mean, yeah. Are these in, like, destination locations? You'd, you'd, you'd just want to, like, get the free hotel room I heard for? it they were at the breakers. That's what I heard. <laughs> Are you going to scam an orientation company to get a free night stay at a, at a Red Roof Inn? You know, when I'm driving cross-country in the van, yeah. it, rest stops, uh, what else? Cracker Barrels, Harvest Host is a good one, which is kind of a similar model to yours. Yeah, there's yeah. two-sided marketplace. There's yeah. is free, yeah. Harvest Host is it's a network of alpaca farms, breweries, distilleries, and what else? Pizza restaurants. Yeah. But you can just park your van out back and go in and eat and spend the night there. You said pizza. I'm hungry. It's going to uh, be lunchtime. Too. We are going to go and get some. But before we close the show, 
Evan, how do they find you? Uh, truckparkingclub.com. It has all of our social links in the footer of the website, and you can always call our customer service to ask any questions, 888-899-PARK. Yeah, and you'll probably see Evan out at one of your events because he's out in <laughs> all the time. And Matt, where do they find you? Uh, Chad the Van on Instagram. That's my personal sort of side of things. But I'm on LinkedIn. I post a lot. Post a lot about sustainability. Yeah. I often comment on a lot of your sort of funny things. But uh, yeah, come follow me. Let's go pee in some portable turtles. Turtles? Portable turtles? Portable turtles? I want to ring it. You can here. You ready this? We're gonna start. You can find me on Twitter at Timmy You can find the show at FW What the Truck. Look on any audio podcast player for What the Truck. If you like audio, if you want video, look on Freight Waves. YouTube page. There's a whole entire playlist. This is episode 400 and uh, what are we? 440, 644. Yeah. Take care, guys. Don't be a stranger.